0: let us pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you first of all for answering our prayer. Many of us have been praying for quite some time that you would call not a good person, not a gifted or talented person, but the right person. And I believe that you have done that. So I pray now for the Ballinger family and their transition here, that you would keep them safe, that you would close all the loopholes in getting their home and all of their belongings and family safely here. And I pray for us as a church in this transition time, that we would love, that we would guide, that we would welcome this family into our fellowship. And I pray that, Lord, the anointing that is upon him and his leadership would flourish here at ACAC. That, Lord, there would be another level of worship that we would experience your presence in ways in which we never have before. Do that in your name. And, Father, as we open your word, I pray that, again, the words from my lips that you have birthed in my heart would be clear and articulate. They would not come from Alan, but they would come from your spirit. Make us one in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. I don't know how many of you had family visiting in town over the holidays. Uh, For my wife and I, our two children were home and it was just a great week last week, spending time together. Our daughter lives about five and a half hours away. And if you um, had family and you also said goodbye, And how many of you know, I remember remember grabbing my daughter and hugging her. And even though I knew I was going to see her again, if you're a parent and you're saying goodbye to your kids, you always make sure you tell them the really important things. You want to know how proud you are of them, that you love them. And we do that when we say goodbye to someone. We also do it when we are saying um, goodbye to someone who's going to be going into heaven for eternity. I remember several years ago, my mother-in-law had lived with us and had been fighting cancer. And while it was a difficult moment, we were with her in hospice in her final breaths here on earth. And her next one, were in heaven. We had the opportunity to be with her and to say, Mall, we love you. You're going to be with Jesus soon. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's in those moments that we see deep into a person's heart. We hear the things that are most important to them. We get a glimpse of this very circumstance in John chapter 17 as Jesus prays in John chapter 17. This entire chapter is a documented prayer just moments before Jesus is betrayed, before he's arrested, and before he's taken to the cross. So here we get a glimpse to see what is really important. What does Jesus want to pray to the Father about before he goes to the cross for us. This message, this as I began praying, really in August of last year, Lord, what, are you, what were you saying for our congregation in the year 2022? The Lord led me to this text of John chapter 17, and Jesus' prayer, his words burned in my heart. So I'm gonna ask everyone right now to stand, and we're not gonna read the entire chapter right now, but I'm asking that we read aloud together John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. Would you read this with me? I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. Thank you. You may be seated. I love the sound of God's people declaring his word. So having narrowed down not only these two verses that we just read, but the entire chapter into a statement, here is our theme as a church congregation for the year 2022. And it is this, as one that the world may know. Before going into more detail of what this means, I believe for us this year, I want to look at the entire prayer of Jesus in John 17 as a whole. Now, this prayer found in John 17 can really be divided into three parts. Jesus prays for three specific groups of, of people and here's the first first and foremost if you go and hopefully some of you have read this and saw that in my weekly update if not i i really ask that you would read the entire chapter this week and focus on it jesus's first prayer in verses one through five are for himself jesus prays for himself and in a word jesus prays for glory Here, the glorification of the Son, Jesus, is directly associated with his death, death on a cross. Now, to the people of Jesus' day, to the the Roman Empire, the Roman cross was a symbol of violence, it was a symbol of torture, and it was a symbol of evil. But to Jesus, the cross was a means of glory. The cross now becomes the visible representation of the redeeming love of God the Father. The Son, Jesus, prays that the Father will so accept his willing, suffering sacrifice that now those who come to accept and know Jesus will also experience glorification one day in heaven. In the simplest form, Jesus prays this that, and understands that the way men and women come to have eternal life is by coming to know God, by coming to know Jesus. Jesus has now completed, at this point in his prayer, has completed the mission that his father gave him. And he would bring it to completion. He's praying that he would bring it to completion for the father's glory. That's the first part of the prayer, that he would pray for himself. Then Jesus moves to the second portion of his prayer, which is found in verses 6 through 19. And here, Jesus prays for the disciples. Jesus moves to praying for the ones that he has invested in. The ones that he has walked with and prayed with and taught with and ate with. Jesus prays for the disciples. He says to the Father that he's passed his message and his purpose for their lives onto them and that they've accepted it. These disciples have come to know that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus then specifically moves in praying for his disciples at that time. Jesus prays two things for those disciples that were there. Here's an interesting side note. This is the longest recorded prayer that we have of Jesus. And oftentimes we don't think of it as, as we read through Scripture that Jesus would have prayed all of this loud enough and in front of his disciples so that they would have heard it. And years later, John could have recorded it. So now praying for these disciples, they would have heard and know he's praying for them. Jesus prays for two specific things. The first thing Jesus prays for his disciples is he prays for their protection. Look at this. Jesus says in verse 11, John 17, now I am departing from the world. They, his disciples are staying in this world but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Then he says for the disciples, now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united. Jesus prays that the Father would protect the unity of his disciples from the evil one. These are the ones The disciples, these are the ones chosen to take this message of Jesus. No one before this point has ever carried the message of Jesus to the world. But these are the ones that God has called to carry the good news of Jesus all over the world. For that to happen, Jesus understands that their unity is essential to the mission And that the enemy will be seeking and doing all he can to destroy it. Do you get the connection? Jesus is connecting the disciples' unity with the responsibility that they have to take the gospel to all of the world. That's the first thing Jesus prays for, the protection of the unity of the disciples. The second thing Jesus prays for over the disciples is he prays for their sanctification. Jesus asked the Father and he says, make them holy by your truth, which is your word. Again, these are the ones that are not only gonna vocally share it with those around them, they're gonna get on a boat, they're gonna travel and go long distances to carry the message. These are gonna be the ones that write down the history, the teaching, the story of the gospel of Jesus. And Jesus prays that they would be holy and he says he prays that they would live, that they would know, and they would share the truth of God. So first in John 17, Jesus prays for himself, that he would be glorified. He would go to the cross so that the Father would be glorified. Then he prays for the disciples. He prays that their unity would be protected. And he prays that they would be sanctified, that they would be made holy. Why? So that they could take the message, so that one day people like us would put their faith in Jesus Christ. And lastly, the part that we're gonna focus on and the part that we just read in verses 20 through 26, Jesus prays for us. Jesus prays for you and I. Look at this, we read this just a few moments ago. I am praying not only for these disciples, the ones that he was with, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Raise your hand if you believe in Jesus. Yeah, you know what that means? In that moment, think of the power of this. In that moment, Jesus was praying for you and I. Jesus, being fully man and fully God, I believe Saul, not only disciples then, but the millions and millions and millions of Christ followers ever to come. And in that moment, he prays for us. What specifically, though, does he pray for us? What did he ask the Father for For you and I, this is what he prays. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, I am in you. And he says, may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. His prayer, Jesus prays to the Father for us that we would be one. And his prayer continues. He prays that we would be one. And then he says, may they experience, you and I, all of those who have placed their faith in Christ since that time, may we experience such perfect unity. Why? That the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. The implication of the Jesus prayer here seems to be that there will be dark forces that will strive to break up this unity and nothing less than the power of God can stand against it. Jesus is praying and he is saying that unity of his followers, the unity of you and I, the unity of all of his followers in all of the world is directly linked to our mission in taking the gospel to all of the world. And here is the significant part. Here is the significant part of Jesus praying for us to be one. It's this. If the enemy can divide us, the very mission of God is threatened. Do you see the significance of unity in the church? Do you see the significance of us being one? If we desire to reach the world, which I believe we do, if we desire to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus to all the world, we must do everything in our power. We must do all we can to protect the unity of his saints. This really puts the division you see in the world and polarization into perspective. At least it should for all of us. And I'm not talking about the cultural the, not, the worldly polarization and division is happening. I'm talking about the polarization and division that is happening in God's church. Not necessarily this congregation, but the church, global church as a whole. It puts things into perspective. The church of Jesus Christ, sadly, right now, is being divided over things such as methodology. What do you mean by that? The way we do church. There are denominations and churches that have split over styles of music, over whether you have pews or whether you have chairs, whether it's too hot, whether it's too cold, whether it's too loud, whether it's too soft. The way in which we do church, we need to protect the unity over. The church has been divided over secondary doctrines, not things such as the authority of Scripture or the Trinity of who God is, the church has been divided. Doctrines and denominations have been made over the use of gifts in the church. Are they for today or are they not for today? Churches have been divided. Division in God's people has been over. When is Jesus coming back? Pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, pre all of that. We divide over the role of women in the church. Secondary doctrines. We divide over COVID. People have left and churches have split over how we have handled a pandemic over two years. The unity of church is threatened by things such as racism and Christ followers' response to injustice that we see in the world. Lord, help us. And last but certainly not least, the church is being threatened to be divided over politics. Which voting block you are in? And let me be clear, there is a difference between unity and uniformity. Jesus is not praying that we would all believe the same on those things. So while we can talk about differences of methodology and secondary doctrine and approaches to injustice and racism and politics and COVID, Jesus is not praying that we would all agree and see eye to eye on that. He's not praying for uniformity, he is praying for unity and there is a difference. He's not praying for sameness. He's praying for oneness. He's praying for oneness that regardless of the color of your skin or the color of your voting ticket or whether you're old or whether you're young or whether you like this or whether you like that, Jesus is saying protect the unity of the church because it's connected to our responsibility to share the gospel with the world. When we allow Things like those to divide not only our congregations, but the entire body of Christ. We are playing right into the enemy's hands. This is what he wants because the enemy understands if he can divide Christ followers, the mission of God is threatened. And we play right into his hands. Jesus prayed that we would be one. As one. Why? Why? that the world would know. That the world will know. So with that, here's what we must remember, and I'm asking us to pray. I'm asking you as a congregation to pray, not just this week, but for this year. And we'll be reminded of this throughout the year. One, that our mission is for the world to know Jesus. May we never forget, and I'm grateful for a church that keeps that to the forefront of our mind. Jesus prays that we would keep the mission, that they may know. Know what? Know the good news in Jesus Christ. So first and foremost, our mission is for the world to know Jesus. Not just the north side, not just Pittsburgh, not just those in America, but all the world. And we all have a part to play in that. First and foremost, our mission is for the world to know Jesus. But two, in looking at this prayer of Jesus, that the world may know how Jesus connects unity with the mission. So two, our strategy is to be one with each other. We need to be praying that we would be one, not that we would believe the same, again, not that we would have sameness or uniformity, but in the midst of our diversity, which by the way, makes diversity so significant and important. In the midst of that, may we be one because our oneness is the strategy God wants to use to reach the world. But here's a third and most important part because a lot of people talk about unity and oneness and there are books, great books written and great conferences and all those strategies and they're all tools that can be used for oneness. But first and foremost, we can only be one with each other. We can only be one with one another if we are one with God. Unity and oneness does not begin with us. It begins with God. There is one body. There is one spirit. There is one Lord. There is one baptism. There is one Father, and there is one Lord of all. And that is where the strength of our unity comes from. We don't unite over how we look or what we believe or how we, we unite in Christ. We are united because we are brothers and sisters in Christ and we have the same father. That is where our oneness and our unity comes from. As one that the world may know. Now here's the thing I wanna warn us about. We must recognize just as Jesus did, this is the reason he prayed for it, is that our oneness will be tested. <laughs> Last year, 2021, our theme was it is by faith, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And I don't know how you feel, but the danger of praying and saying it is by faith, how many of you know what's going to be tested? Your faith. It's kind of like praying for patience. God just doesn't like download, you know, okay, here's a gig of patience. (laughs) What does he do? He puts you in a circumstance where most likely you're gonna be praying, Lord, help me, and the patience is developed. So as we pray and as we seek oneness, what do you think will be tested? Our unity. I don't know what will come in 2022, but I can pretty much guarantee you whether it be in the church, whether it be in our congregation, whether it be in our community, in our city, or in the world, there will be moments when this year where our unity is going to be tested. And when that day comes, I pray, I plead with you, remember our unity and our oneness. We don't lose our diversity, but our unity and our oneness is critical To the mission we have to take Jesus to all the world. And we have to remember that as one that the world may know. Here's what else I'm gonna ask of you. And I have wrestled with this one for two to three months. I asked many of you to memorize Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. And there's no test or follow up to that. And this is just simply something I always want to put in front of our hearts, memorizing scripture. is really significant and important in the believer's life. And as I looked, uh, I first was drawn to John 17, 20, and 22. I thought those are two good verses I could ask the congregation to memorize. And then I was challenged, and it was a burning that I could not let go. And I was like, Lord, are you sure? Like, that, that's a lot. And then there was a group of people who were sitting over here to my left that I shared that with you. You're gonna know in just a moment. And they said, raise the bar, Pastor Allen. So here's what I'm asking. I'm not asking you to memorize two verses in 2022. I'm asking you to memorize 26. I am asking all who would join me to memorizing the entire chapter of John 17. Not just the third part where he prays for us, but the prayer of Jesus, the prayer he prays for himself. The prayer he prays for his disciples. And the prayer he prays for us. All of it. John 17. Now, some of you are looking at me going, you're crazy. Who asks the church to memorize? i tell you this. I've never memorized an entire chapter of the Bible. But I'm going to do it this year. And some of you are like, that's impossible. You can't do it. Well, I have somebody here that is going to absolutely prove you wrong. Laurel. This is Laurel Huff. Huffmeyer, would you come up here? (laughs) Laurel is a part of our congregation. She goes to CCAC. She's 20 years old. And Laurel, you're going to share something with us, aren't you? All right. Go ahead, John, John 17. Let me hear it.
1: After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. For I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything I have comes from you. For I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world with you no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world in order that the joy that I have may be fulfilled within them. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of it. For they are not in the world, even as I am of, not of it. Sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they may be fully sanctified as well. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Thank you.
0: Laurel, thank you.